finally back. I mean, we've been waiting. I mean, it's only really been two months, two fucking months, but I feel like we've been waiting forever for opening night. And it finally came yesterday, and we had a couple of great games. Bucks, Nets, Warriors, Lakers. We'll get to that later. But first, we got a very special edition of No Bucks Given. And honestly, I think my job is done for right now. I'm going to hand this off to Dre. At Nick Andre ATR on Twitter, by the way. Give him a follow. Uh, the hardest working man on Twitter, I like to say, even though um, it's probably wrong, but he's up there. He's top 20, I'd say. <laughs> I got to be top three. <laughs> top three, yeah. Top three, and you ain't three. So you too. Good for you. I mean, I think that's it, though. Dre, I mean, welcome to No Bucks Given. You know, all that shit. You know, guys know the podcast. You guys know Dre. Take it over. Let us let us know what we're doing today. Definitely, brother. So this is going to be a special edition of No Bucks Given here. Uh, we got a special interview with a. Um, with an elite rapper in my eyes, you know, he's been, you know, grinding for over like the past so long. He's got like at least, at least 50, 60 projects, it seems. At I least. My guy, bro. What's good with you, bro? What's good, man? What's good, man? Uh, and you're right. At least, at least 50 or 60. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I got, I got like three or four different devices up right now with me and I'm looking at my albums and I'm even like, damn, the hell's wrong with me? Like I ain't take no break. Like, <laughs> it's crazy but you know the grind never stops right so make it, that's you know, a fact that's me. a fact so as people may know or people may not may not be aware of true got the new album uh the leftovers three he says that this is his last album but i do recall that he said many times that he was going to retire but then he ends up coming back so is this the true retirement leftovers three is not my so- last no no leftovers okay. three is not Leftovers three is now. Soul Revival five is my last solo album. Five. All right. So why? So why considering like? So so why have you been considering retirement? Because I mean, I know a few times you said you were, but then you know you come back like a month later, drop another project. So is will this you know, be like the actual retirement here, or? You know the 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 reality is I wanted to retire last year. Um, my daughter's eighth birthday was July twelfth, twenty twenty, and I put out the uh, Black Diamonds album that I had. And to me, that was me passing the torch to my crew to kind of take it over. And, and, and you know, and, I, and I'll still be a part of group projects. But, you know, it's just like, you know, when Jay, when Jay retired, you know, when Jay retired, he, for those couple years, he just did a couple verses and, you know, yeah. did a couple random freestyles. And I felt like, yeah, I, I love music, so I always do it. But I want to just kind of focus on, you know, being dad and also on top of just being dad. I, I just kind of wanted to just take a break and, and walk away from it. Cause solo wise, I felt like what else did I have to accomplish as an artist? And then unfortunately uh, on my daughter's eighth birthday, probably like four hours after it changed over to the next day, my mom passed away and dealing with that. I was like, there's no way I can retire for leave music alone because I'm a need to turn to my art to get me through this. And right. that kind of, but that was always a deadline, you know? There's always a deadline where I was like, I think I'm done, I think I'm done. And uh, my first ever album, Soul Revival One, came out November 3rd, 2011, which is almost 10 years ago. And I felt like 10 years is a lot. 50, 60 projects is a lot. And yeah, a as, lot. <laughs> as a solo artist, it's like, man. And then this year was my most successful year as an artist, man. Uh, it was crazy, like... um. You know, the, I did the Life is a Movie album and that did over one million streams total through all streaming platforms. And at that point, like I said, I did everything I set out to do. I didn't done R&B songs. I didn't done slow jams. We didn't made 
you know, we did some heavy metal shit on, on Pride. Like, I've done everything that I ever wanted to do as an artist. So it's like, okay, uh, this is it. And so Revival 5 on the 10th anniversary of the first one, it's a great time for me to walk away as a solo artist. And I got other ventures working. I got right. so many other things to do outside of music. Why not? So we heard about the end of your career. You're considering retirement. Once we get through Dre's question, I want to hear about the inception, like how it started, yeah. how you got into this thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, what I was going to say is like, you know, for like rappers, like at least from like from my perspective, like, you know what I'm saying? Rappers, rappers don't really retire. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes they take a hiatus and everything. Like, I mean, I, I know I know you mentioned Jay. Jay ended up retiring after the Black album. I think I think the game had retired, too. I think the only like true retired yeah. rapper is probably, is probably Joe Budden, in my opinion, or in my or at least at least, at least as far as like what I know. Uh, that's that's because Joe Budden's about making no money off his raps. So I think I think that's <laughs> that why. Like, and. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if Joe could find a way to navigate the podcast and his podcast and his, his career and make money, I think he would do it. But I mean, because like Button, like, you know, keep it a buck. Like Button is, is a, ta- he's a talented lyricist, talented rapper, mm-hmm. but it's just, it just wasn't. I just, I just think he was the freestyle guy more so than the song guy. And I think That's in true. this era, I think, he, I don't, I think he, he fits in well to me in this era. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, you got, Royce the five now be dropping albums and he be That's you know you be cooking so it's like why can't buttons do it but I don't know maybe buttons lost his passion for it I don't I don't know but you, you're right he probably is the only one that's retired and stayed away for now it's early man it's early like that podcast <laughs> stopped that podcast stopped hitting certain views he might <laughs> he might drop a couple records bro that's a fact I'll let you go partner crime all right um also I mean I, I, it's been like decades, but Will's not rapping anymore either, is he? Will Smith from back in the day. I, I guess like would that count as retired? I don't know. He had he he had a he had some verses recently, so yeah, yeah he like did. a couple years ago. So he oh okay. So I don't think he's he. You never know with Will Smith, man. That's he true. might pop up in in twenty twenty two with like a with a new single or EP. It's like yeah. the, the streaming era. The streaming era makes it easier because if you are a uh, a big name you can put out a project in and and get like 50 million streams and you make a decent amount of money off of look it. at the rock and then you like yeah ah oh god <laughs> i saw you tweeting about it earlier i saw you tweeting about yeah. it earlier. <laughs> man my na- man my neighbor man like like my neighbor annoys me like like every morning when i'm like leaving out in the morning and shit like that my neighbors used to sit on this porch he's like a 60 year old white dude and like and he's he's always playing that song, that face off song, and he's it's about drive, it's about power. I'm like, come on, man, nobody <laughs> will hear that in the morning, bro. Like, that's crazy. Um, so like I said earlier, we heard about you know you're ending the career or at least planning it for right now, the retirement. Yeah. And then you briefly mentioned your first album coming out coming out November third, twenty eleven. I want to yeah. hear about how you got into the game, why you got into the game. I mean, you clearly have so much passion. You stayed in for 10 years, you know, at minimum 10 years. How'd you get into it? Like, why did you want to start making music? So uh, the story, the story I always tell is uh, when I was a kid, very young, uh, Cash Money Records was my biggest influence because my, like everybody I grew up around looked like everybody in Cash Money. You know what I mean? So, so everybody had the white. T- we didn't have no Reeboks on like they did, but we had white tees. We had the baggy jeans. We had we had rags. They weren't camouflaged. They was a certain color, but it's just we had the same thing they had. And so I saw that. And my and my cousin, my cousin is why I started rapping. My cousin was like, "Yo, 
we could be like juvenile and BG. We could be just like them. <laughs> we can get we get money, like we get some chains. We get us like yo, like you know what I mean. And so we used to sit on the porch and listen to Cash Money, and we used to just kind of like uh, we used to turn the music down on the on the radio that we had on the porch, just enough to where you could still hear the beat, but drown out the lyrics a little bit. And we used to freestyle over it, mm-hmm. and so that was the first time I said, "Yo, I want to make, I want to rap, I want to rap." And um years gone by years gone by I was always writing writing and I never took it serious like I never took it as like this could be something I could do as a career or make albums because I didn't know the first thing about making albums I Mm -hmm. like I used to I used to scribble in my notebook and be like I'm gonna make 10 song project it's gonna have a song for the girls song talking about (laughs) getting money song about selling these dope song about this this and that and it's like that's what I thought you needed to do as an artist and then I got older and I was like I can't rap about this, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, because I was living, my life was very similar to what like the street, like rappers for the street was talking about, but I was a, I was a kid and a teenager. So like, who's going, who's going to want to really hear somebody who was like Lil Bow Wow's age talking about, yo, I, I, I sold such and such amount of dope today. <laughs> like, what if I want to hear that, man? Like you're a kid. So they're not going to take you seriously. And uh, so I had to kind of pivot and uh, Tupac, Nas and Outkast became kind of like the catalyst of me developing myself as an artist, listening to them. And 20, 2009, uh, I went to the studio for the very actual first, first, it's not true. So I went to a studio in 2004 or five when I was younger and I was trying to get signed by Sony, Def Jam and all these other places. So we used to catch a Peter Pan bus up to New York and we used to try to freestyle outside of the offices of Def Jam, Sony, uh, Universe, like wherever we could go, right. we would just stand outside and try to meet an A&R and freestyle. And because I used to be like five or six deep, we had like street people around us, they would listen to us because it's like, yeah. if you don't listen to us, you know, we might do something to you. And so that that was my first real, you know, we used to go to Sony music showcases and, and freestyle and do yeah, performances and stuff like that. But we weren't, we weren't ready. We weren't ready at all. And then... Um, 2009 I started going to the studio regularly and I started trying to find my voice and then uh you know I I realized that the industry itself was not for me the Mm -hmm. uh, mainstream industry not for me and I started to you know we had a little bit of a buzz um off these couple songs I used to put out on YouTube and I started getting like messages from like I guess quote-unquote A&Rs in my email and I realized this was not for me and then I was like you know what I'm gonna just make my own and uh 2011 I just started kind of feeling like I was getting better I started making better songs I started like you know being able to like find my voice a little bit better and like I was like why not it kind of like I didn't really want to make albums at one point I just wanted to rap and uh the mother of my child uh to this day I I give her credit she's the one who uh gave me the confidence to name myself (laughs) true god because that wasn't my name obviously that's not my name so you know, um, 2010, 2010 was when I, I came up with the name and started using it. And like, that was it. Once I had the name and then I kind of had the confidence to like make records, like that was it. And so that's really all it was. It was just, it was always there since a kid. It was just finding my voice, finding my confidence to be like, yo, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make it happen. And I put out that first album and like I was on allhiphop.com back then, you know, back in 2011, that was like a big site. And then, you know, hip hop DX like featured my stuff. And like, I was 
I, I like I, I felt accomplished because I was like, yo, I, I was one of the first independent artists that I saw that put their project out on iTunes and like in like Amazon to sell it. Like I had no name. I had no label. I just distributed myself and sold it. And that was a risk. And I did OK. It's like a couple like a couple a uh, couple thousand sales off of that album, which made me feel like, you know, cause the streaming area now, right? Streaming areas now. So streams aren't really barometers of who's buying it but back then it was like if you sold you know like 24 i think it was like 24 25 100 copies in like in like the first six to seven months off of just the, the buzz of who is this true guy guy and yeah like after that i was like okay i could do this and i haven't looked back since so that's where the world started from Right. So speaking of your name, I read an article that you got a, uh, that you got your name from actually one of my favorite Nas records. You're the man. Let's speak yeah. On that. Yeah. So, OK, so. So that was the easiest. That's the easy part of the answer. I just had a podcast. Somebody asked you the same thing and I had to tell them the real answer. Right. The real answer is back in the day uh, in school, you know, uh, being me and my me and my brothers, my D.A.R. brothers, my brother Apollo and, and a couple other our friends, we used to all call ourselves the gods. We was the gods. And it wasn't like we were rapping, not a rap name. We literally felt like, you know, on some on some black power shit. Like we the black guys. We the black guys that are like, we're like some five percent of shit, really. Like it was a five percent of shit. Like we was like in middle school and like high school talking this shit. And it carried over, you know. And like I said, the mother, the mother of my child, she used to she used to say, she's like, You call yourself a god, and I believe you. I believe you that you are. And then I, it, once I heard the Nas song, it was Nas too real, Nas true king. It's however you feel, go ahead, you swing. And that right there was like, yo, that true king is dope. And I'm like, yo, true king, man. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm, I and then everybody was like, true king, kind of dope. And she is like, no, because you, you, you're a king, but you don't, but you don't call yourself a king. And I was like, what you talking about? She's like. You call yourself the, the God, right? I'm like, yeah, but I can't rap. My rap name can't be the God or God. Like, can't do that. And she's like, why can't you? And I was like, I was like, man, you know, people get offended by stuff like that. And, you know, like, I'll, I ain't trying to offend nobody. And she was mm-hmm. like, that's not you. You don't care about offending people. You've never cared about offending people. <laughs> you say what you want. Like, you call yourself that. You said it in front of your mom. You said it in front of your family members that you, you, like, y'all, like, you and your crew, y'all, y'all gods. Y'all feel like y'all black gods. That's what you feel like, right? So be that. She's like, don't be true king. Be true God. And I was like, damn, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, at that point, I was like, you know what? Yeah, okay. Like, I'm going to run with it. And so uh, to this day, I will always give her credit because she was my biggest cheerleader at that time. And she was just like, I believe in you. I know you can do it. And you can be that because that's what you think of yourself. So don't give people an image. Give them you. Give them who you really are. And I said, the world, I was like, the world ain't ready for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the world ain't ready for that. And she was like, they're going to have to get ready. And like I said, that was it. That was really, that was really it. There was a couple other, I've given like other reasons too, like, like deeper reasons and stuff like that and talking about like, you know, ancient civilization and, and, and you know, like what, what the history books show and, and talk about, you know, like the, like the true gods of the world are, you know, from here and, and stuff like that. So like there's other deeper meanings to it later on after I had the name right. that I tied to it. But the, originally it was it was the Nas, the Nas record. And uh, after the Nas record, it, 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 it was her, you know, the Nas record and, and the mother of my child. So 
Shout out, shout out to her. Yeah, shout out to her. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like giving her too much credit. Not in public. Uh, <laughs> not in public. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. So I know, yeah. I know you mentioned, um, you know, a few, a few other cats that you know that really influenced you, like um, Cash Money and the Outcast and them, but. I don't know, like I, I be listening to some of your songs. Like I don't know, like especially this song, this new song called uh, "Stuck on You." I be feeling like you got like, I, I don't know. To me, it's like kind of like a Kanye like graduation and the waste vibe. So like, so was Kanye like kind of an influence to you? So it's funny you say Kanye. Kanye is not an influence to me really. Late registration, late registration is influence to me a little bit, uh, but the person that influences a lot of that sound, honestly. Uh, a lot of what I do is Fonte. Fonte, Fonte is the guy. He is my favorite rapper of the 2000s. It's just that I can't, you know, whoever I felt like he, I never forget, like, my boy, I mean, my boy, like, I didn't know who he was at first when they, when the little brother came up with the listening. I didn't know them. You know what I mean? Like, I was, you know, like, I was very much listening to but like, street records at the time. So, if it wasn't if it wasn't 50, if it wasn't, you know what I'm saying, like like Jada Kiss, D block, dipset, I wasn't listening to it. You know what I mean? So right. um, you know, they were telling me, like, yo, you got and that's why it's funny because people listen to my music and people say, yo, like, like you, you, you got lyrical stuff and you, you just like that. But it was like I wasn't like that back then. I was punchline. I sound like my I used to rap like Lloyd Banks and Cassidy in 0304, because I was doing punchlines. That was it. Mm-hmm. And so uh Fonte, when I first heard the listening, I was like, this jamming, this motherfucker, that's jamming. Okay, it's dope. And then uh, I remember I was in a, on a on a trip with my mother to Virginia, and I picked up the Minstrel Show when that dropped, and that album completely changed everything for me. Like as a rapper, as an artist in general, like that album changed so much for me because it's like the way uh, the way Fonte would would put his his lyrics together, the way he would put the like the the harmony on the vocals and. All of that stuff, like I wanted to, I wanted to do shit like that, and make, like Fonte is just, I think he's just one of the most amazing artists. He don't get his flowers enough to me, you know that's what I mean? Like fact. I think he, yeah, that's a fact. he's so so dope. But Kanye definitely, there was some late registration, uh, because like late registration is one of those albums where production wise, I used to hear it, and when I would hear it, um, I'd be like, yo, like this is like this is legit, like this this is crazy, like. Uh, my first time I heard We Major on late registration, I was like almost through my headphones. That, that <laughs> might be my favorite beat on that album. Yeah, honestly. like I I love I love that song. And it cause it cause it's like it's a triumphant beat. And and the song just, just hits you. And then uh same, you know, same thing for like uh you know, late the, the song late at the end of the at the end mm-hmm. of the album. Like I love I love that and gone and uh like all these different like all these different songs like Kanye early Kanye was a little bit of an influence but like we were so Kanye was so far from kind of the type of the type of music I could relate to right. that you know at that time it wasn't and I guess maybe more so later on uh you know I, I, my life's different now you know my life's different now I'm, I'm a lot older I'm a lot uh I'm a dad so I kind of my music is different like I can't rap, I don't rap about craziness you know, I don't rap about too much craziness or, or I don't even, you know, do stuff like that. So now I guess I can hear a little bit of an influence there, but it's, it's not purposely, though, because I, I don't I only listen. I haven't listened to Kanye in a very long time. So, yeah, well, I, I should say uh, happily listen to him. I've listened to his projects, but I'm just not I haven't liked this stuff like that. It's cool. but It's just not for me. At least it's new stuff. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just not a fan of the Donda album. I'm just going to be I mean, there's like certain songs like maybe the. um the Jesus Laura song with Jay Electronica. I like, I like that. 
Yeah, I like that song. Besides, besides that, I'm it's like, eh. Yeah, I think I think that's my thing is that I, I think Kanye, you know, the one thing that, that made me feel bad about being such a fan of Kanye, honestly, was when I found out he wrote like very little of his music and his lyrics. That changed my whole it was honestly the same thing with Drake. When I when I found Drake was getting help, that bothered me because I'm like, yo, I'm an artist, bro. Like I write. So I write. I write. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like y'all are famous. Y'all getting help from everywhere. Y'all not even doing it. Like, that's crazy. Like, I, I didn't understand that. So, I mean, obviously Kanye is still a genius in when he does his production and some of his some of his visions. But recently, I just ain't been feeling what he's been doing. The Donda album is not for me. Like, like you said, Jesus Lord is dope. Um, but for the most part, I'm I'm good on I'm good on Kanye music. So, I feel yeah. that. I feel that. So another question I want to get into. So how did you, how did you and the uh, DAR squad like kind of get together and like basically say like you know what I'm saying like we 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 gonna do music? So uh, the, the the there's there's like three different parts to that. The main part, the first thing is um, in middle school, uh, my my brother Shaka Sapalo, who was like my that's my that's my partner in crime for real. It's like my real brother. You know what I'm saying? Like my real brother. I mean, he's not my brother by by blood, but like we've known each other for like 20 plus yeah. years. So you know, um, we started rapping together. Like I started rapping with my cousin, you know, back on a, on a block. But once I got to school and I met Apollo, he was like, yo, I'm an Outkast fan. And, you know, like I'd be writing these songs. And we had a song called, Crum- uh, not, not, we had a song called Smoking That Reefer that was based on Crumbling Herb. It went to the Crumbling Herb beat from Outkast. And that was the first song we wrote together. And after that, we was like, yo, we're just going to always write songs together. And we, we used to have a little rhyme book at school. He would pass it to me. I'd write my rhymes, pass it back to him in the second period, and he'd pass it back to me. And so we used to do it like that. And at the time, we didn't. We were a part of this uh, group in, in middle school in eighth grade called the Untouchables. And so these Untouchables, the UNTs. So we used to be, we used to do freestyles outside and, and you know, do all this other stuff. And then we ended up... Uh, you know, eventually that changed and we got to high school and I was running the streets streets a bit. And so we had a group called Street Mafia, which is about 30 MCs throughout like Baltimore uh, that we was all rapping with, you know, people from different hoods and other stuff was going on. <laughs> other stuff was going on. So that's what we were doing. And then uh, once I kind of made the decision to kind of move a little bit away from that, um, I, we, we decided to do DAR and it's funny you mentioned the Kanye thing, right? Because I'm thinking about it now. DAR initially stood for Dreams Are Reality. So that's really. what the issue for. And the reason why, we was like a fake-ass good music. Like, it's like a fake-ass good music. Like, we had a whole logo and everything. And then that's when we was like, we're going to be DAR. And I think after that, we kind of, it was just me and Apollo. You know? Like, we were just, that was it. It was me and Apollo. We were just rapping. And then, uh... Years went by, just me and him, and then uh, we went to school with Speed on the Beat, and Speed on the Beat was like a producer at the time, and we went to school with him. We weren't like, we weren't like friends with him like that. We knew him, you know. You know somebody from school is like, oh, I know you, but whatever. And so, yeah. uh, you know, he was like, y'all make beats, man. I heard you still rapping, so da da da. And I was like, yo, come get down with the crew. Might as well. We we need an in house producer. Go. Right. And that was the the DAROG, as we call it. <laughs> that's that's where that was born. 
and so um yeah that was that was like the beginning of the the inception of the dar collective now and then you know we added my man black x or you know x who uh you know is is a talented rapper too he just don't rap like that no more but um you know Tell him to get back in the studio man he, he he did a couple joint he did a couple verses for us uh this year but he he he, he said he music is you know acts is focused on basketball i see focus on man so you know uh you know that's 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 his like like it's my love it's his love too so he loved basketball that's one thing we always can you know connected on but he was he you know he that's that's family regardless and uh so it was me uh Axe, speed and and apollo from 2012 till about 2016 2017 and then it just kind of became me you know apollo and speed for a couple for a couple years and then uh pegs uh you know jpegs the legend i did like three songs with him uh during that period of that 2017 to 2019 period and then i had this idea for a collective uh and i was i started reaching out to different mcs like yo look man we can make something happen dope right here man like we could be uh we could be a group like we could just do something funny and at the time uh uh wrestling I'm a wrestling, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. And at the time, uh, AEW All Elite Wrestling was coming out. And funny enough, I was like, man, they ain't the real elite. We the real elite. And and Apollo started laughing and he was like, Yeah, we're gonna be DAR Elite. And I was like, you know what? That's like a, a subdivision of DAR. So let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. And so we did that. And you know, the kind of at that point, it just it kind of came together. I wasn't expecting it to be what it what it's turned into like with albums and projects and all that. I was expecting it to be, we just rapped together on a couple songs on each other's solo projects and that was it. Next thing I know, we making uh, a bunch of albums together and and everybody works fast. We work really fast. Like somebody send me a song, I had a verse back in, in five, 10 minutes, you know, somebody send them a song, a couple hours at best, it's done. So uh, it's like, it, it wasn't even really thought out. It just kind of happened. Like one of them things where you don't expect it to go a certain way. And it does go a certain way, and that's what happened. Like it, it just went perfectly. And I, I give I, I give credit to my to my boys, man, because Pegs Pegs is doing his thing. He need he, he if people think I make a lot of music. Pegs need to sit his ass down too, because he make he makes more projects than I do. No, that's a so, fact. Bro, like, you know, I, like how many how many songs do y'all be getting done in like one session, bro? Like I know I know y'all be like having a boatload of music just so so, but so because we're not all in the same area. It it kind of it kind of works where, like, now I record at home, so I have a several different devices and several different things, and and I use, and I still got a studio too. We still got a studio we use, but, um, yeah. you know, so, some nights we knock out like, eleven, twelve songs all together, just send them back and forth, and then that's why we put albums out so much, cause like a week ago by, and I'm like, yeah, we got like thirty songs we just sitting on. What are we gonna do with thirty songs? And it's like. We're independent artists. We don't have to wait on nobody's approval. Let's turn it into That's a project, true. and and it just and we just like why hold and it, we we kind of feel like since we're independent artists, we don't kind of run into the same wall that like a major label artist will run into because yeah, you know it's like it's like you know if people people are gonna catch on to us later on anyway, you know like like we get new new listens every day, and it's like there's plenty of music to catch up on. If you're a new, you new listener, so uh, and when it's like we put, and we do music for us, so like we put music out. It's like, yo, I feel like making a new album. Okay, cool. I, I, y'all been working on this new project. Okay, cool. And I tell Pegs to slow down, and because I've slowed down a little bit compared to what I was doing, but 
uh, you know, we 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 work fast, man. Like it, these, our work ethic is crazy, and yeah, it's it, 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 and it's it's easy. It's easy too. It's not it's not work either because it's like somebody send a song and I'm like, oh, this be dope. Okay, your verse dope. Okay, cool. Like where you want me coming at? Right? Okay, bet. And it's like that. And me and Apollo, we go. We used to go to the studio together before before COVID, and um, we'd be in the studio and we we usually make whole albums in the studio in like three hours so uh that used to be our challenge like we're gonna make 12 to 15 songs in three hours a three-hour session and we did it like several times unless we like in there and he like you know he's smoking or we like got some girls or something with us or something like that like that's the only time you will ever kind of kind of slack is if we got other people with us but when we in there together like we get it done we get quick that quick so yeah. I also want to ask this uh, next question because I know you mentioned your mom um, yeah. had passed away earlier. I mean, me, you both relate because my mom died about six years ago. So I know, I know you, um, I know you made an album dedicated to her called Rhoda's Son. So, like, what was the process of making that? And then, like, you know, how difficult was it considering that you were grieving also? Uh, oh, man. Um, my mom passed away, like I said, the day after my daughter's birthday. And I had to come back to Baltimore um, for that because I was gone from Baltimore with my daughter and I came back and, you know, when you lose your parent, it's hazy, man. Life is hazy. You know, you kind of, mm-hmm. you're just grieving and you just don't know what to do. And um, the Rota Sun album, I was like, man, because I wanted to retire. Like I said, I wanted to retire right before that. And so I was like, I got I to gotta make this project for my mom. And I, I'm, and I knew I was going to make this a record for my mom and then take a break. And, um, you know, I went into a studio, I had set studio time up on a Friday night and I hadn't been to the studio in a long time, you know, cause of COVID. And I was like, man, look, you know, I, I set, I set the studio time up and I went to the engineer and I said, I got 10 beats and I'm going to finish this project before I leave. And the tough part about it was the day I went to the studio, two hours before my studio session, I saw my mother's body for the first time. And uh, so I had a string of emotion, uh, you know, in my in my head, in my heart. And I went and re- recorded that album entirely in two hours. Uh, I didn't write anything down. It's all freestyle. Um, even the hook just all came, you know, freestyle. And uh, I was just, like I said, it was a day before my mother's service, uh, my mother's funeral. So um, I wanted every emotion that I had to be as open and honest and real and raw. And I tried to make it an album where I just remember my mom, uh, all the positive things that I, that, that, that's there. But it, it, was, it was tough. Uh, it's the toughest album I ever had to record. Um, it's the toughest thing I ever had to do in my life. That was the worst week of my life ever. Right. And you know, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm an artist that's authentic. You know, so I like to. Uh, I see you got the cat cat there. I see. Uh, <laughs> she will not leave me alone, bro. I, I oh, yeah, promise. I, I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I, yeah. But you know, it's um, it was just, it was just tough, man. You know, it, it was just the tough, the toughest thing I've ever had to do. And I made a Road of Sun 2 and a Road of Sun 3 also because I felt like, you know, trilogies are my thing and, and sure. multiple, you know, so I, I made more, but nothing compares to the, the the stress of making an album two hours 
after you literally saw your mother's body for the first time lifeless and like I said, it this, this that was a week that I never wish like I had to go through insurance and sit and talk, you know, oh, and, and yeah. you know, I had to go sit and talk to the funeral home and it was just like I had so much going on in my mind and so much of just 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 pain and shit. And it it was the worst. But uh I feel like you know that album is just genuinely uh one of the most rawest albums I think you can make because it's in the moment, you know, like it's it's an album that's like man he 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 lost you know the most important person really in you know in his life next to my next to my daughter and he's grieving and you're listening to live grief from the heart i didn't write it down or anything didn't come i just i'm gonna just make this while i'm in the studio just i you know told the engineer like yo man just 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 let it play whatever i say whatever i do that's what you that's what you're gonna hear and uh it was tough it was tough but you know life works how it works I, you know, I couldn't couldn't do anything else so turn the music yeah man that's really tough and it's i mean that's something that everyone turns to music for is that relatability you know yeah with, with what you can relate to whether it's the good times or the bad times anything in between and it's just it shows how hard it is to communicate those feelings you know i mean we've all listened to if you get in a bad you know relationship you break up you listen to breakup music you relate you know and there is morning music the one that i always pops in my mind for for parents is uh me and my the uh three stack song that he released on mother's day a few years ago yeah um, yeah like oh, that yeah. stuff is so relatable and it's so hard for people to not only communicate those emotions effectively for other people to relate but to have like the sense of mind and I, I think kind of courage to show that side, the vulnerability. I mean, you'd lost your mother and you'd seen her dead body. No one would have blamed you for taking a year off, let alone a week off or a month off, you know, no one would have blamed you. Instead, you really wanted to communicate that for not necessarily for the fans or for people to relate to it, but for yourself and to show respect to your mother. That is some of the, I don't know. That's always so bewildering to me in this sort of shit, because as much as we listen to it and we consume and relate, we don't fully grasp how hard it is for people to show us that side. So I just think that's that's really cool. I, I gotta I gotta just pause for a second and say this Celtics and Knicks game is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I like uh, definitely I, they are four for four in overtime. Nobody's missed until just now. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Like watching this, like yo. How? Like, y'all are not this good shooter, shooters-wise. <laughs> y'all are not this good as shooters, man. Come on. I think but, we all have yeah, this game on in the back, uh, background. I think Dre's watching it. I think I'm watching oh, yeah. it. You got it in yeah, the I'm, background. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm watching it. This is crazy, <laughs> I'm definitely man. watching it, too. So, got, I, I do, yeah, do it. I, I do want to get into the NBA, but I wanted to ask you this one quick question. Like, could you describe, like, how much hip-hop has meant to you? Because, I mean, at least from my perspective, like, I mean, obviously, I'm not a rapper or anything, but, yeah. you know, like hip hop really got me through like a lot of shit, honestly. Because I mean, I mean, I, I was I, mean, I, I was a kid listening to like Jay, DMX, Lil Wayne, like you know what I'm saying. Like the list goes on and on and on with like rappers, and even like you know as I got through my teenage years and even to like my adulthood, like you know what I'm saying. Like I've like a lot of these rappers is really like role models to me. So like, could you really explain like what hip hop is really meant for you? Like even like not a, not a, not only as a rapper, but like you know as a fan. Um. You know, hip hop, man, hip hop meant everything to me coming up because it was like the closest thing you had to expression that you could relate to coming from, you know, where I came from. 
mm-hmm. and you know um you know Pac was like was like one of those was one of those artists where I was just like man Pac is he was he was saying stuff that that I, I like I he was the first rapper that I felt what they were saying like I felt it and I was just like man you know listening to you know the Machiavelli album and you know listening to you know uh me against me against the world is the album of Pac where I was like I was like man like I felt where especially Lord knows it ain't easy and I see death around the corner like like those that meant so much to me because I've I've gone through some things in my life bro like even just talk about my mom like that's that's just the most recent tragic and traumatic event you know and so just thinking about all those things uh that meant a lot because it it made me feel like somebody understands some of the way you feel when you go through those rough times and those rough patches and uh DMX too DMX absolutely man DMX was it's like it like I felt his music and not not like I say all the time when I was going through my breakup uh with, with the mother of my child years ago the albums that got me through it were uh Nas's Life is Good and Big Crit's uh King Remembered in Time mixtape those were the two projects that I listened to front to back front to back front to back like literally I just listened to them because for some reason I related to every single line in every single one of those songs in some way from when I was going through that breakup. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, when I was, uh, I, I lost um, my great aunt in, in 2013. And I just listened to a lot of, a lot of Pac and, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of Fonte, a lot of little, little brother too, especially their, their personal songs. So like rap has always meant something to me. I'll tell you now, uh, you know, I don't even listen to rap that much anymore, which is funny. I, I, I don't listen to it as much as I used to um, like that anymore. So it, it's, it's kind of interesting that it's meant so much to me all these years as a as a fan, as a person and as an artist. Uh, but now it's kind of like I don't listen to it as much. And it could be just, you know, just just the nature of the situation, I guess. But, um, you know, I just don't listen to it as much. But it's always meant something to me. And rap rap will always have a special place because all my formative years, all my experiences, you know, came from, came from rap, really, you know what I mean? Like, it's just everything started, you know, like, like my, my personality was kind yeah. of molded through, through rap music. We got so, last shot. Know? We got last shot right now. Tatum's got yeah, the I, ball. Tatum's I, got I, the ball. Let's watch. Why don't they give the ball to Kemba? I don't understand. It's his first game in New York. Why doesn't he have the ball in the crunch? They didn't give him once. It was always Julius. They got to give it to Kemba. Uh, yeah, he's got him. He's got him. Ooh, okay. Well, bad shot from Tatum. We're going into overtime. Sorry about interrupting that. Please continue. So we're going into double, double over. Yeah, like double this, overtime. this is what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. NBA is back, man. Yes. Like we get, like guys. And and I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I Tatum Tatum sometimes his shot selection is so his shot t- selection when it's like in the clutch sometimes is not the best. So that's true. I, I, he, you know. he makes those random ones though. I remember opening night last year against the Bucks where he banked in that three to win the game. Yeah. Sometimes he just hits yeah. those shots, man. He just does it, you know. Damn. I feel like tonight, I feel like tonight, if you take the last shot, the person you want to have that is Jalen Brown. 43 Brown got like, yeah, he got four. Like, you gotta give it. He's hot. I mean, and Tatum ain't really been shooting well, anyways. And Ava, I'm looking at Marcus Smart was not open, but Marcus Smart hit the hit the hit the shot to take it to overtime the first time. So right. You know, you got you got to make smart decisions, and and like I said, the Celtics playing a great game because 
uh, not, not they're not playing a great game. But I mean, like to come back to it, it, it took a lot of great decisions, even to just make sure. Like when the Knicks was hitting shots after shots, they hitting shots. Like and all of a sudden they went cold. Like they were four for four, and then they all went cold when they make a shot since. Yeah, so like yeah. it's bro. This is Tatum, crazy. Tatum is shooting six for twenty five right now. Eesh. Meanwhile, Jalen Brown is fifteen for twenty five. Can you can you give me Kemba's stats, please? Uh, Kemba has hang on, 10, 10 points on three of eight shooting along with eight rebounds. Yeah. Well. Eight so rebounds. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I still think you got to give Cardia Kemba a shot. Give him a shot. I don't, I don't like Julius taking a three there. Nah, hey, Julius ain't the ball. Shots. Though, though. What are you guys? But, what are you guys? But but they're jacking shots. So I think they're they, they, yeah. because you, you got to look at all the shot. Every, every shot I think they took in overtime was like a three. <laughs> like, like it's, every, it's a three. Like everybody shoots threes damn near. Like. Like, there's this not a lot of, you know, nobody's trying to get to the rim. Nobody's taking mid-ranges. Uh, with Jalen Brown, I feel like Jalen Brown and Tatum, that's, that's you know, Tatum's last shot to send it to back to overtime was, a, you know, was a was a, a mid-range, but it was a poor, poor mid-range. It was, it was very Kobe-esque. Yeah, that, I, was, Kobe I was actually about to say that. Like, he, he had to fade, he had to fade, he had a little fade away with it, and, you know what I'm saying, a little, like, I hate I hate when I see that though. I hate when I see that from Tatum. Like you, because he's not he's not Kobe. Like he, right, he, he he's not. And you he know he is wearing that Kobe jersey though. Did you guys see that where they did the yeah, uh, the, the past? I'll um, never players? I'll never want I'll never want to see that ever again. I never want, I don't ever want to see Tatum in the in the Lakers. <laughs> it, looked, it looked weird, bro. It I'm not even like yeah, I thought I it was Photoshop. Oh shit! Look! Oh shoot. They got they got Nia Long there. You made your Doka's lady. Nia Long fine. She's so fine, bro. Even even she like I don't know she's like fifty something. She's still so fine. It don't make no sense. <laughs> but since we're on the NBA, you know, and the season has begun, so like so like what are, what are your overall thoughts on the season? Like who do you see like really taking the leap? Who do you see winning the chip? You know, whatever. Hey, you 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 going like this? Because I got to go to State Warriors coming out the West this year. Coming out I got the, the West. West for the West. Yo, it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy as a fan though. Like, everybody's got these high expectations for him, and then I'm, I'm over here saying, "All right, cool. Like we 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 might make it past the second round." Only because I'm I'm a little concerned with Clay though. I mean, because yeah, everybody thinks you yeah. know, once Clay comes back, they know everything's gonna turn around. But we gotta remember, Clay's coming off a of two major injuries, so I'm not gonna expect him to be the Clay before the first injury. You know what I'm saying? So so my my belief is that Clay is going to be. Like the the Warriors are a lot better than I think people realize. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so I think I think that's another thing. Another thing is that the Warriors right now, like when people when people talk about man, they need to trade this and trade that to get that. I'm like, bro, listen, the system is changing because they have a whole new coaching staff. Right. They're developing mm-hmm. the players a different way. So the 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 focus is going to be going back to strength and numbers, which last night it definitely looked like that's what the focus yep. was. Everybody contributing because. The difference is last year they almost won 40 games with one of the worst rosters Ever. that they had in the entire NBA. And my my thought was for one, that's a testament to how great Steph is to carry that team, win a scoring title, and almost get them in the playoffs. And to think about this, if they won almost 40 games with Kelly Oubre, Brad Wanamaker, and Kent Bazemore, and and you know uh, rookie rookie James Wiseman, yeah. Half you know of James like, Wiseman. Yeah, yeah. For 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 and and so 
like and then you know Looney Looney was hurt for a while. Draymond yep. had his moments. Steph missed those. Like, if Steph doesn't miss those games with his tailbone issue, they are like six yeah. fifth or sixth seed. You know, yeah, it right. like literally was right. No, 100%. So I think so. If that team right there with that terrible roster and even Steve Kerr making some stupid decisions and blowing games with <laughs> the, the that's the thing. They could have been a forty five win team in a seventy two game season. Yep. And that that to me says if you if you change out Baysmore, Wanamaker, Ubre for a, a smarter player in Iguodala who's a better passer, better mm-hmm. defender, even though he's older, he's still he's still good at what he does. We saw that yesterday. We saw oh that in the preseason. Jalen Brown just missed a dunk. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. Jalen Brown just missed a I'm wide not, open dunk. Wow. I, I saw. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm looking. Uh, I'm yeah, about I'm, to see it. I'm a little late. Wow. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little behind, but yeah. That wow. Was, um, that was, yeah. yeah. The Warriors had the worst bench in the league last year, probably the worst bench in like the past like five years that I've seen by any team. Jordan Poole was out there, but he was not healthy for a lot of the season and he didn't have the confidence he's showing right now. A lot of that team wasn't ready. And there were guys that are contributing now that Steve Kerr, like you said, refused to show love to while he's playing guys like Brad Wanamaker, Juan Toscano Anderson was rotting away in the G League, who's now yep. like one of their best wings. I love, I mean, he's a Marquette he's great, guy. Man. I went to Marquette. I don't really give a shit about that, but I like the guy. He's, you know, he's oh, out he's, there. He's a great role player. And this is the difference. This is the difference. I think this season for them is that the Warriors have guys that know their role yes. and are comfortable in their role. Kent Bazemore did not understand his role last year because when he was made a starter, I was like, bro, why are you jacking 10 yep. to 15 shots up? Yep. Like, like, man, run some screens and get that ball to Steph, bro. <laughs> like, right. Get right. that ball to Steph. Like, you, like he, and, and he was getting all these open shots. And I know he was doing pretty good from the corner, you know, from like the corner. He was hitting, hitting threes, but it's like, bro, that's not your, that's not your right. role on that team. And when you got Otto Porter, Otto Porter, he understands what the assignment is for yep. him. He, you, you are here to be a catch and shoot guy on offense. You're a guy who can set screens. You can, you can hit a couple mid ranges too. Like you're, he's a good shooter. He's a good shooter too. He's right. a career over forty percent three point shooter. And then you have Poole, who's taking the leap. Which that is the real, true, honestly, the true, uh, the to me the X factor. Right. is Jordan Poole because yeah. if Clay if Clay comes back and you know Clay's not going to come back and be like dropping 50 right. M- right away but who knows what Clay could be doing by March or April once he got his legs under him and that's why I think that's they're true. deadly because you bring Clay back in December what you're doing is you got games against Sacramento you got games against OKC you got right. games against Detroit you got games against you know this and that this is this person what that's going to do is allow Clay to get his legs under him and if Jordan Poole is doing the job and scoring 20 a game with Wiggins giving him like, you know, 15 to 20 a game and playing good defense like he like he does. And Draymond's being a defensive player of the year type guy he can be. And then you got, you know, uh, Belicia or Belicia or whatever. And you got Belly out there doing good. You got Iggy doing good. You got, uh, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson. If everybody's playing their role, moving the ball, and they're playing good defense, imagine adding, <laughs> imagine adding a guy like Clay Thompson, who, regardless of the injuries, his shot is not going to be gone. He's a shooter. Right. So I think, you know, like, and it's not like he relies on a lot of lift for his shots either. And if you watch it, I'm watching his practice. I'm watching everything. I'm like, he's moving good. He is, you know, like the only issue with Clay would be defensively. I don't feel like offensively he's going to take much of a drop because right. he's he's the catch and shoot God. That's, right. that's yeah. who Clay is. That is you yeah. know, so it's like, 
I feel like it's dangerous for the rest of the rest of the league when if say by March Clay is cooking and he's starting to get his legs back under him fully after being away for two years. I I feel like if that's the case, then I like who's who's gonna stop if Jordan Poole can score 20, Andrew Wiggins can get you 15 to 20. Clay can get you 20, 25. Steph is going to get you 25 or 30. Draymond is, Draymond is leading the defense. Iguodala got the experience. When you got to shorten your rotation, they have so many guys who are smart players and can contribute that if you got to go with your best 10, they got a dangerous 10, especially with Clay healthy. And you're not going to play, you know, Kaminga and, and Moses Moody and, and uh, you know, Wiseman probably a whole bunch in the playoffs. You got to go to Kevon Looney, who is a very a, a very unsung hero for that Warriors mm-hmm. team, and has been that. So if you got guys, and then you got to think about it, Clay, Dre, and Steph together. Aside from 2016, we haven't really seen them lose when they're all together on the court like that. That's true, that's a fact. And they've been, and they have been together the longest of anybody else that are teammates. Mm-hmm. That 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 chemistry and experience in the playoffs matters. Because what's going to happen if you're the Lakers and Russell Westbrook shoots seven for 25 in a, in a game? You can't bank on LeBron shooting 55% every game right. because LeBron is not – look, let's be real. LeBron is great, but he's not hitting threes at that high clip like he right. might hit yesterday. That's right. not happening. No, no, it falls no, off. Especially when you get to April and May. Like It don't work like that for LeBron. LeBron going to have that streak in, like, you know, November, December where it's like, O'Brien is shooting 38% from three. He's shooting 39% from three. <laughs> and then by the end of the year, he backed down to 35%. And he, he's going, and you know, especially especially because he's older too, right? That's another thing. The Lakers are old, man. <laughs> like, they old. So by the time you get to April, if you play 82 games, even 75 of those 82 games or 70, whatever, Anthony Davis don't stay healthy like he mm-hmm. need to. And that's another, that's the X factor. If say Anthony Davis goes down, in the playoffs again, or he goes down for an extended period of time. You really want to bet on LeBron and Russ to to get it done nah. together? I, I don't see it. Mm-mm. And and because Russ, everybody that Russ plays with, that he plays like well with, are shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, KD, Paul George, James Harden, Bradley Beal, all shooters. Nobody on that on that squad except Melo and 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 uh, periodically Malik Monk right. is a shooter. Yeah. Wayne, we can say Wayne Ellington, but he eh, not really. <laughs> like right. not, not, not really. really. Yeah. So, like I said, it's it's. I, I don't look at the Lakers. I don't look at the Lakers and see a team that you should fear. I look at uh you know I look at the I look at the Warriors as a team and I'm like yo that's a scary team, bro. Like that's a that's a genuinely scary team, and uh, especially when they when if they're clicking on all cylinders and like Steph didn't play great, Wiggins didn't play great, Draymond didn't play great, and they won against the quote unquote favorites out the West. Right. So I I, I, I definitely feel like uh, I, I definitely feel like the Warriors could take it. And I, I think I think I I will say the only the only people that that make me kind of question it is. Kawhi, I don't know what Kawhi is doing, and I don't know how long he's gonna be out. And he 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 been around a whole lot, and I'm like, I don't think he's missing this entire year. I genuinely don't think he's missing this entire year. So if Kawhi is back, 
and there's rumors about John Wall getting bought out by Houston. Yeah. And so that's the only other team that I could see. But but I, I definitely don't have any faith in Phoenix, uh, Denver, uh, Dallas, Utah. Why is everybody sleeping on Phoenix, man? Like, Phoenix just got to the finals. Not this year. Everybody like, nah. Nah. You got to think about it. Chris Paul is ancient. He's yeah. old. That's true. And, and let's be real. Him holding up as much as he did barely last year, not happening again. His history does not, you know, bode well. And, you know, that's the thing about Anthony Davis, too. When Anthony Davis' healthiest postseason uh, was the one in the bubble because there's no travel there, you know, the body, you know, can, can readjust. It takes time. And so I feel like with Chris Paul, he's, he's getting older. He is, you know, and then DeAndre Ayton's situation right now is, is looming over their heads. And yeah, if, you, if your chemistry is messed up on the court, it shines, man, unless you got, like, Think about the Warriors in 2019, right? When the KD thing was happening with Draymond and all that stuff like that. If they mm-hmm. were a lesser team, that could have messed up their entire their entire thing. But because it's KD, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, you're gonna win regardless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a fact. But there's no guarantee with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, you know, Bridges, and all those guys. Like, there's no guarantee because right. let's be real. If Kawhi Leonard is healthy, I do not believe the Phoenix Suns make the NBA Finals. I don't believe they do. Um, they barely they barely etched out wins against Paul George and the Clippers, uh, and that's just you know that's just a fact. So I, I don't I don't I don't really hold uh, Phoenix in that high regard. I think I think they'll be good, of course, and I, I think they'll be uh, you know. I think they'll be a, uh, a playoff team, right? But I don't, I don't feel as though they'll be, uh, you know. I just, I just want to point out the Celtics played. That was some of the worst. Defense. That ending, that was some of the worst. That was terrible. Yeah, the ending was terrible. Like they just bricked after brick after brick after brick. The 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 Celtics should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. It should be absolutely a shame. Shooter and they ruined, lost on defense. Too, the thing, the, the uh, thing that made me mad was that, like, like even like possessions before, like they kept going to Tatum, and I'm like, Brown's got like 45 points. Yeah. Like, why are you not going to Jalen Brown? Like, Jason Tatum shooting like six for like 28. Yeah, y'all yeah. still going to uh, Tracy Morgan out there. I don't know what yeah, the they got. I never know what Spike Lee's wearing. Every time, like, every time I'm watching this game, <laughs> I never know what Spike going on. But I, but I will say that. To me, this does bother me though for the Celtics uh, season because if Jalen is hot and you can't keep going back to the person that's got the hot hand, you risk the you know risk throwing them off, right. throwing his momentum off, man. Like when somebody's hot, you get the ball to the person that's hot. Yeah, and especially in like see they ruined it because this is the Madison Square Garden game for Jalen Brown. This is the MSG game, man, and they ruined it. So hey. Uh, but that was a good game. That was a good yeah. game. That ended with really garbage. Big shout out to the Knicks. Big shout out to Evan Fournier. Thirty-two points in his debut with the Knicks. First Nick with thirty points in his debut, mostly three pointers because the Celtics couldn't guard him on the three. Yeah. Uh, Julius, that massive and one that you guys saw, he was putting up bricks for a lot of overtime. But when he got in the paint, like you should, he figured it out. Even against uh, Robert Williams, who's a very fucking capable defender down there. Oh, very. Yeah, yeah. That's a fact. 
Um, 46 career high from Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum struggled from the field, struggled in overtime. Dennis Schroeder looked like he was lost on defense the entire time. Marcus Smart, big shot to take it to overtime, and I don't think he had the ball in his hands once in, in overtime nope. after. So strange. I didn't see. Nope. Yep. Look at that. Like, Schroeder just missing them, missing, missing, missing. Sorry, go ahead. So, so that's the thing I think about the Celtics, that the Celtics have a lot of potential because they have people who are – who can who can score the ball right? They can they can get you a bucket. Schroeder is you know, and Schroeder is okay to get you a bucket here and there, but he his defense has always been overstated. When I so I had to watch Lakers fans call him seventeen last year, and by call him by his number like he was like he was that deal. Like yeah. if you call it like if you say yo twenty three, you talk about Le, 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 LeBron, or you talk about twenty four, you talk about Kobe eight. Like don't do that. Don't be like no set number or thirty when you talk about Steph. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that for for schroeder he's never been that guy like whether he was in atlanta when he was in atlanta he wasn't that guy so right. he definitely wasn't gonna be that guy he's not like and he played himself out of more money uh you know by trying to instead of taking i guess the smarter deal and that's whatever but i think watching this game it shows me the holes in the celtics uh you know and i guess al horford can can help when he gets back uh yeah. you know kind of that be that veteran presence but uh that's got to come to down to the coach man you know and i get you know new coach uh you know you get it's growing pains in the season but you got to be the coach that says hey y'all get the ball to the hot hand this is the person we need to, to have the ball in his hands and it's overtime you got a chance to take the lead y'all jacking up threes y'all are just taking threes and, and yeah. jacking up shots and you're not giving the ball enough to Jalen, and that's why they lost. But hey, anytime you get a, a double OT game yeah. in the first few days of the season, man, like I said, the only the only game on tele, television that was not that great has been the Bucks for the Bucks and the Nets. That was that was terrible. It was man. Great for me, it was great for no, me. No, guys. no I, I, I love. I, don't get me wrong. I love man. Giannis, Giannis is Giannis is my guy, man. I, I I love I love watching Giannis. He's like he's amazing, and he's getting better. Yeah. And what he does, that's scary. That's scary. Like, <laughs> like, I'd be like, I'm serious, man. Like, I'd be scared shitless if I'm, if I'm, uh, like, a, like, if this guy's 26, just coming off of his first championship, uh, finals right. MVP, you know, he's had a defensive player of the year, MVP, got two MVPs, and he's still working to get better. Yeah. I am scared because, <laughs> because, because what can you do to stop him? Right. If he can, if he can, like when you start pulling up, doing pull up threes, I'm like, nah, man, this it. And he got that mid range working a little bit too. And he, you know, he, he, I seen him hit the dirk. I seen him hit the dirk on dirk, a couple yeah. times too. Like he was on, doing that, that, like, that when he dropped the fifty piece. He was hitting the dirk on him a little bit. So that yeah, mini was I'm there. Like, and he and he's and he's coincidentally being able to hit his free throws a little bit better too. Yep. So at that point, it's like, come on, man. Hey, man, look, I. Watching Giannis, Giannis's growth and also realizing that Ben Simmons has absolutely no growth. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I don't just mean that in this game. Clearly in his personal life, yeah. there's no growth at all in Ben Simmons. Uh, because I, I shared something today where when he was at LSU, they said he, he doesn't seem like he responds well to criticism yep. and all other stuff. And it's just like, dude, man. And I know the, the Sixers were playing tonight. I didn't, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have enough, I don't have enough screens up for right. to, to watch to watch all the games so i didn't plus i didn't zion ain't playing so i didn't really care about yeah care about watching that game but you know it's just crazy to see that the 76 is 
did did all that to try to bring him back, and he act yeah. like you know, come on, man, like yeah. basketball is interesting, bro. Basketball is interesting right NBA now. NBA never stops, man. baby. The NBA never yeah. stops. Um, I love it though. I love it though. It's, it's it's a fun game. I just I just can't wait to see the Nets and the Lakers demise because I, I want that to happen. I want it to happen to both of them, too. Um, rooting for guys on both teams, but not the teams themselves. Big Patty Mills fan myself. Um, and I got to get He was balling. He was balling. Hey, he listen, ballin'. they shot 56% from three on high volume when they lost by 25, right? I'm not worried That's about the fucking crazy. Nets. I ain't worried about the Nets. <laughs> yeah, like, like no, nah, they'll, they'll, they'll get it together, man. Like, oh, yeah. you know, KD, because KD wasn't even on, you know, he wasn't even on point like that, so. That you know, if Katie's playing uh, great and hard, Tyler, that's what they're waiting on. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's coming, man. I don't think Kyrie coming. I think. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope you know, league's better with Kyrie, but I think he's sitting out the season, man. I, I believe so. Season, I, all eighty-two. I think so. I, I genuinely think so. And you know what? You know why I think so? I've I've said this for a couple of years now. I said Kyrie's Kyrie is looking for an out. All right, come on, CP3. Damn, man, stop, stop forcing these damn shots. See, there's nothing about Chris Paul. He, Chris Paul starts getting in, and he gets a shot or two, and he starts forcing them bad shots. And then mm-hmm. he get mad. He get yeah. mad. He don't get a call, and he fouls somebody. And it's like, and then he throws his hand up like he pissed. I, can, I was like, I, but no, nah, but like, I, I feel like with Kyrie though, I think he's the, uh, I think he believes that he's doing the the, the way he thinks is right. And when somebody is that headstrong against the entire NBA telling you to do right. something, you don't want to do it. I don't see him folding on that. And, and look, I love Kyrie. I got so many pairs of Kyrie's. I, I want this, that, that fool to be on the court. Cause I love watching him play, right. That's fair. but I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see it changing. And unfortunately the worst thing just happened. Chris Brown came out and said he agrees with him. So at that point you got <laughs> like, like, he, and, and, and knowing Kyrie, he probably got people calling him like celebrities who say they probably agree with him. They just can't say that out loud, probably. Yeah. I think I would believe that because if Chris Brown, like Chris Brown's an idiot, but like Chris Brown, if Chris Brown is doing it, celebrities are idiots, right? So celebrities are yeah, probably feeling true. the same way he feels. So it's like, you know, uh, I don't see it. But if it means James Hard does not go win a ring, then I'm okay with it. So <laughs> <laughs> I love okay that. I love it. Yeah, with Kyrie, I mean, endorsements with Chris Brown isn't great. It's not great when you're getting them from Ted Cruz or uh, yeah, not, or not. Uh, Whitlock, goddamn Whitlock, coming out of the woodworks every time something like this happens. Um, you might get uh, for that coat. Yeah, sheesh. Um, I think we're going to start wrapping this up. The Zoom's trying to kick me out again. I know we got to get pro at some point, but you guys got to start paying me. Every fan, every I listener gotcha. needs to send me $25,000. And I promise the podcast will become a little bit better. Like just a little bit. Uh, we'll get Zoom Pro. Absolutely. For sure. If you guys Absolutely. do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Playing around. Send, send me like, send me like 5,000. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just for me here. Just send me 5,000 because I'm here. We know you guys have it laying around. It's a very high profile, only for rich people podcast. Um, that's why you know, it's related to all you guys. Send that out when you guys can. Dre, I want you to sign us off. Give us a beautiful conclusion, please, sir. Um, the conclusion is, True God says that um, Soul Bible 5 will be his last project. Um, no, solo, my last solo. I want to clarify. Solo project. All right, so that's gonna be his last solo project, and then he's gonna continue to do things with the DAR gang. So it's kind of like what I said earlier: rappers don't really 
go away from the game. You know what I'm saying? We're going to hear from them here and there. So we're, de- we're definitely still here. Some more true versus going um, forward in the future. 100%. Sure. Find him on Spotify, True God, at D-A-R, True God on Twitter. Go follow him right now. Follow Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. Don't give a shit about me. Don't give a shit. Just follow at <laughs> underscore no bucks given. Just follow that account. That's fine. Just go follow them. Give us five stars on iTunes if you can. Subscribe, all that shit. Tell your friends. Oh, man. True. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, hey, hey, appreciate it. a pleasure, man. It is the first time we've done something like this, so it was really also, make, make, make sure y'all get, get – make sure y'all go um, get the new project. Um, golly, I forgot the name that quick. Um, the Leftovers 3. Make sure y'all go stream that Thanks. on any platform. Definitely, definitely go out and check it out. Check it all out. Thanks. Spotify. Spotify for the podcast. Spotify for the music. Just listen to all of it out there. This is No Bucks Given. We're signing off. Thank you for tuning in one more time. We'll go back to NBA coverage sometime soon, I believe. But for the meantime, enjoy this episode. And if you don't, don't tell me. We're very sensitive. Uh, the no bucks given <laughs> the no bucks given name is just it's just a farce. I'm so sensitive, and I give so many bucks. Doesn't matter. All right, I'll see you guys later. Bye bye.